I thought you had AirPods. I thought you could still hear me. Welcome back, everybody, to Where's My Stick? My name is Danielle. I'm Christy. And we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> to uh, yeah, so let's just jump right in. Um, recently, an article called Black Place Slurs and the player who brought a racial reckoning to hockey was written about Akeem Alou, where he had a really in-depth article um, or conversation and he talked about some of the situations where he was targeted when he played hockey. Um, the most recent or the most, the biggest situation that he talked about in that article was when um, Tony Danzer, an employee with the Colorado Eagles, who is currently still working with the team, showed up to a team party that Akeem was, um, the team that Akeem was playing on. He dressed up as Akeem wearing a custom jersey with his nickname on the back. Um, and he was in blackface with a wig. Um, and Akim was told late to arrive to the party later. And he believes that they all set him up, um, especially because, like, this was this big joke. And they all his the whole team laughed about it. Um, and so once that article was <laughs> released, uh, the Colorado Eagles tweeted out an apology. And... Um, a couple days after that, the Colorado Avalanche, who is like the NHL team uh, over top of the Eagles, put uh, Tony Danzer, who is the equipment manager, um, on administrative leave. And one one quote from that article, Blackface Slurs and the Players Who Brought Our Racial Reckoning to Hockey, um, that Alou said is he told the NHL about this incident when he spoke with them um earlier in the week so um the fact that <laughs> nothing really came of it until alu um until it was like written in an article uh, kind of seems like the team intended to just sweep it under the rug and the nhl intended to sweep it under the rug that's kind of what i got from it but christy what are your thoughts on this in- incident i I don't know. It's just very discouraging and very, like, I don't know. It makes it seem like the NHL, even though they talked big about being like, oh, if you're a player who's ever faced any sort of, like, discrimination, abuse, blah, 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 come to us and we'll, like, handle it. Meanwhile, like, when when Akeem, like, met with the NHL to talk about, like, what recently happened in terms of Bill Peters and, like, he mentioned other stuff that happened to him. because They didn't really do anything until, like, some random person, like, tweeted out, um, tweeted out, tweeted this out in detailing, like, what happened. And that's when, like, the abs were like, okay, well, we, well, let's put this guy on administrative leave or whatever while we investigate. But, yeah, I don't know. It just makes it seem like the NHL is just, like, empty calories or they're just saying things just to look good rather than actually um dealing with yeah I agree and I just like my whole heart just breaks because I think about that situation and I have no idea what I would do in his in his shoes um I I just I can't even imagine like I mean obviously I've faced um racism and I've experienced it but I've just never like just to blatantly just be the butt of everyone's joke and and to just be so isolated and to not know what to do like I mean obviously he's away from his family he's he's away from anyone that he can really trust to call a friend because if your friend was there they would never let something like that happen to you and um so it's just, it's so sad. My heart, I just feel so sad for him. But I'm just so proud of him as well for speaking up on this. Like, these are not, this, like, that's not okay to do. And it's right. disgusting. And I completely agree with you about the NHL. I have no faith in them um, at all. Yeah. I mean, I also don't think this is just, like, a, an isolated incident. And the fact that it's, it was just so planned and so deliberate, and it's just like, 
this is the ECHL, right? So it's like the AHL. Um, I think I think my point still stands whether he's in the yeah. AHL or the ECHL. I just feel like most of these um guys on the team that whatever team it was, they've probably played with maybe one or two black people in their entire like career. And then the fact that like when they do play with someone who's black or whatever, they decide to play a prank on him to just be like, oh, this is you. Like, it's just so strange to me. And I feel like this is more, um, I don't know, more disappointing than when, like, Tyler Bozak does blackface. Because to him, he's just, like, he's just, he's, like, innocently playing, like, a random black person. Whereas, like, this is very, very deliberate. They had to go and get a jersey, and, like, the fact that they invited him to the, whatever, Halloween party, like, later, so they could all, like, set him up and force him, basically, to take a picture with whoever it was. Like, I don't know. Like, how do you think to do something like that? I mean, I think that's just, they're being malicious. And, to be honest, with, like, the whole, any time you do blackface, it's premeditated. Like, yeah. you think, you know, like, I don't, I don't think it's, like, I mean, it's shitty because in, in a Kim's situation because, like, you know this person and you're doing blackface right. of them. But even yeah. with Bozak, like, I mean, he's made, like, blackface is a caricature. Like, they're yeah. playing a, a, they're, they're dressing up as a caricature um, that was, like, literally demeaning to, to black people or people of color. Um and it just, it just like I, I don't know. To me, it's just like they're sick in the mind. Like, what? There's that's not funny. But why would you think it's funny? And yeah. you want to dress up as a Kim? You dress up as this guy. It doesn't look like him. You don't look like right. him. Like you put black stuff on your face. Like literally, like black stuff on your face to make it look like him. And it doesn't look. I, I just. It just to me, it doesn't make any sense. I just can't rationalize it in my head. And I just think it's. I just, it's disgusting. I Honestly, I don't know what I would do in this situation. I keep thinking, like, God, like, what would you do if that was you? What would you do? And I have no idea. But I yeah. I would never have handled it that way. He handled it so well. And I know he has to think, like, this is my career. You know, this is what yeah. I grew up doing my whole life. I can't just throw it away. But, man, like, the anger that I would have felt... I know he's just doing he's doing this and it's in such a calm, collective, rational way. And to me, this is just so it's so emotional because it's so personal. The fact that it's like tied to his job. Mm-hmm. And I know how you're just like, oh, like if he had friends there, like they would have stood up for him or whatever. But like he probably considered some of those guys on the, on that yeah. team his friends and like they all just went along with it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just very sad, and I feel very, very sad and very appreciative of the people that make it to the NHL when they have this cult, this culture that's, like, very, very demeaning and demoralizing to them. Like, the, the few people of color that we do have in the NHL. I don't know. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Um, so we referenced before, um, or Christy, you referenced before about what the NHL did. So, so like we said earlier, Alou was invited to the NHL offices, um, to meet with Commissioner Batman and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. And Alou was quoted saying, it was a tough week, but we had some really great discussion. They couldn't have been kinder or more receptive to the message that we were trying to bring. And after that meeting, on the 9th of December, the NHL implemented a four-point plan, including a platform for whistleblowers and an annual training program on diversity and inclusion in response to the recent abuse scandals in the coaching community. The training program will be uh, will require all head coaches, assistant coaches, minor league coaches, GMs, assistant GMs um, to learn diversity and inclusion. And the program will be designed by an outside company. What do you think about that? I think in terms of diversity and inclusion, there are a lot of very, very good um, diversity trainings out there. But 
I don't know if I trust the NHL to actually get like a good a good one compared to just like one that I don't know. I don't know how well the diversity training is going to be for individuals where it's like everyone who's has a little bit of power, whether it be coaches, GMs, assistant coaches, equipment managers, like if they're all sitting in a room and they look around and it's just like they're all the same, basically. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. like normally when it's like diversity trainings, it's like in an office and there's like a few people of color and like a few women (laughs) or whatever. But like in... In the NHL, it's literally all white men. So what is the training going to be like? Whose stories are you going to be, like, um, listening to other than your own? Whereas, like, there are some good trainings that I've been to that, like, like you can really see it resonate to pe- with people. Mm-hmm. But you have to, the people that are in the training have to be receptive to that. And the people that are doing the training have to be able to get people to feel like get people to feel uncomfortable really really quickly this is not something that should be done like in an hour or like uh, during one day I feel like this is something that needs to be ongoing um and with different people um I just don't know if I trust the NHL to do it right because I feel like a lot of the a lot of the people that need the training like coaches and assistant coaches and GMs and stuff they're all just like I don't know, this might not be true, but in my head, I feel like they all have the mindset of like, oh, let me just do this so I can like watch my back so I know what I can and can't do instead of it being like from an actual genuine, genuine place of wanting to understand people from different backgrounds and stuff. That's actually a really good point. I never thought I thought about is that they're just like using this as like a way to like continue to do the same things that they were doing like okay like you said what can I get away with like what is acceptable and what's unacceptable <clears throat> for me I think I, I wonder if the idea of diversity and inclusion is the right road to take here I don't think it helps the greater the greater or the issue that's come up in is that like there's racism and racist in hockey Mm -hmm. and I I don't know if like you know saying like hey you know there needs to be more people of color in this league that we're trying to keep very very niche because that's exactly what they do is they they want it to be very niche because then it's only a few people that are getting these jobs having being put in these positions and as long as they're one of them then that's that's kind of how you keep it. You keep yourself having a job and you keep your kids having a job. That's kind of, I don't know how I look at it. And so I don't know if that's like the best way to combat the racism and the racial like structure of the NHL or hockey in general. And I think that's, a, it's like a greater question where you say like, you know, to combat racism, do you need more people of color? Like that doesn't, I just feel like more people of color end up being, like experiencing more racism in that situation yeah yeah because it's just like yeah sure we want more people of color in the nhl and like working in different parts of the nhl but like is the nhl safe for people of color as it's constructed currently and it's not so i wouldn't feel comfortable being like yeah let's dump more dump let's dump more people of color (laughs) no really (laughs) yeah like in into the nhl like it's not going to change anything if anything it'll make it worse because then exactly people will be like oh you're just like um what is it like a quota and you're taking jobs away from like actual hard-working hoggy people exactly whatever it is and i also think like you know um i just had it what was i gonna say Oh, like you put racists around more people of color, that doesn't make them less racist. Yeah. You know, like if if anything, that's just like, oh well, I work with people. I'm not racist. Like that's right. not that just gives them more motive to say they're not racist, but even though they are, like I don't think the idea of like um adding more people of color or having them go through these these trainings to, about inclusion and diversity is going to help them when, especially like you said, nobody in, in, in their, in this room is going to be diverse. 
no like no one like not the gms not the coaches not the assistant coaches assistant gms and i think that you you get something when it's personal to you and there's nothing about diversity and inclusion that is personal to the coaches and the minor league coaches and the assistant coaches and the gms and the gm assistants in my opinion i think in order to change the nhl even though like we want everything to happen very very quickly the nhl is a system in the u.s and canada which are both like extremely racist countries so it's just like you can't expect like the nhl is a picture of what society is and i don't think we can like we can just change it overnight and i don't think there's like a one-size-fit-all solution but i do think what it is is like exposing more people of color to hockey and just like or even just getting different kinds of white people into hockey um just like just make things different because the people that are attracted to hockey currently are the same kind of people that were attracted to hockey like 10 years ago and the same and those people are the same as the other people that were attracted to hockey like 10 years ago except with the exception of like a few and it's just like if we're gonna keep this cycle of like how this is how hockey is supposed to be then that's how hockey is going to stay no, I, I agree with you. And I think um, I was listening to a podcast earlier this week. Um, I believe her name is Javshana. She t- talked about this specific issue and she said that, you know, hockey is very, it's a very cult-like sport. And mm-hmm. you think about it, like, you know, the hockey players are not educated. That's very clear. Like, even when they go to college, they're not educated. Um, they're if they are, they're 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 surrounded by their peers, and hockey is is like a cult because it's like if you step out of line, if you don't believe what we believe, then you're shunned. Like if you want to be a part of the team, you have to be exactly like everybody else. You can't deviate from that. So you hang out mm-hmm. with hockey players, you eat lunch with hockey players, you take the same classes like hockey players or your teammates, and then unlike a lot of different sports. You, they leave home at a very young age. Like there's, there's, there can be players that leave home at 12 years old. And then what do you do? You're put in this, a different situ- uh, surrounding and you're told to be with your team and you're only allowed to be with your team. And then when you get to like juniors, when you stop going to school because you're just playing hockey. So then you don't even have that access, that you're not even learning and like being in classes, maybe with other people, you're just with your teammates. And so that's like that's very toxic and and the adults that are with them are players who went through this or coaches most likely that went through the same um system as them. And so how does that breed acceptance and and inclusion? It doesn't. It just breeds the same type of mind. And I just think that is like it's so important to start at the bottom. But I think the NHL is kind of go working backwards and trying to start at the top. I don't know. But I will, let me see these other couple other quotes from Gary Batman on that training that they, um, they had. He said, our mesh, our message is unequivocal. We will not tolerate any abuse, abusive behavior of any kind. And then um, Rick Westhead tweeted out December 10th that he talked with a veteran player about the NHL's plans, um, the specific four point plan, and the player said that he's skeptical players will embrace this type of anonymous hotline for uh, reporting abuse. And he was quoted saying, it wouldn't be hard to figure out who talked. Um, and even if it got a bad coach fired, um, word would get around about who reported him. And so kind of like touching on what I just said, like when you step out of line, like you're not allowed to do that. You have to stay in line. And any player going out and saying, hey, I, I've, was abused or I felt this coach did this that's not staying in line I think it also kind of goes back to like what um players think coaches are supposed to be and how how they think like the philosophy is gonna work but like if already you have like players that aren't 
like in order for something to work like the players have to believe in it and already you have players that don't believe in it so there's no way that it's going to work um and i think there needs to be but if it's and also i'm very skeptical i'm skeptical of this hotline also because it's just like what they just call up and like (laughs) like i get like those can get leaked and then players are never gonna want to do that I don't know. I don't think this is um this is a good not like it's a bad idea. I just I think it's a very um idea that didn't have much thought into it. Like it has it has very good intentions, but intentions always have unintended consequences and mm-hmm. some of the unintended consequences would be like people being like being like, Oh, you're you're a coach killer because you snitched on a yeah. coach for abuse or whatever. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think that this will work at all, but the NHL dulls out band-aids over bullet wounds all the time, so I don't know why I would expect something different in this situation. <laughs> and I also wonder, like, but speaking know. of Coaches, let's move on into the firings because there have been some firings. <laughs> some surprises and maybe some not so surprises. Um, so let's start um, with the Stars. So December 10th, Stars GM Jim Neal announced that Jim Montgomery was dismissed as head coach of the Stars. Rick Bonus, an assistant with Dallas since June 2018, has been pro- would be promoted at, to interim head coach effective immediately. And Jim Nill uh, spoke with the media later that day and kind of had a cryptic <laughs> tweet or a cryptic like response to all this. I don't know. Um, he said the Dallas Stars expect all of our employees to act with integrity and exhibit professional behavior while working for and representing our organization. This decision was made due to unprofessional conduct, insistent, oh, inconsistent with the core values of, and beliefs of the Dallas Stars and the National Hockey League. Um, a beat, a stars beat reporter, Jonathan Shipman, um, tweeted out, I think I know what's going on with Monty, but I'm going to let the stars address it. No benefit in me putting it out there. I know this much though. The guys in the room love Monty. This isn't performance related. This is off, off ice behavior. Why would you say that if you're not going <laughs> to say anything else? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like he just wants tweets. He's like, he just wants like. He just wants people to know that he knows. Yeah. And he's but not we'll never us. know. We'll never know. Right. So LeBron tweeted out, I'm told the NHL was aware of the situation with Montgomery before Bettman met the media to announce the league's four-point plan, but that Montgomery's dismissal does ha- doesn't fall under um, the plan, and it's not related to it, apparently. And then Dreger tweeted out, another source with the sim- with uh, with the situation, says that da- the Dallas Stars really had no choice, and also says this is a non-abuse related firing, or this is a non-abuse related like issue as to why it was fired. Your thoughts, Christy? Okay, so um, okay, so when they say non-abuse related, does that mean non-abuse related in terms of players, or in terms of like everyone associated with? the Dallas Stars because I feel like if they like I don't I don't know like what was the sexual harassment like what is I'm just so curious what did he do that no one even wants to say anything Uh, that's a good question I have no idea I want to know I've I've been trying to find what happened but no one is talking and that's very weird um but I think just because it's like referencing Gary Bettman and what he said and he didn't say anything about like you know spousal abuse sexual abuse like outside Mm -hmm. of the players Mm -hmm. I think this is like he didn't abuse any hockey players on the on the stars like this isn't an abuse like he was like he he, like in in regards to his coaching um so this could so I don't think it rules out like sexual abuse or abusing a a spouse or a partner or someone else in in the league but I feel like the NHL handles like that 
differently. Very poorly. Yeah, so I don't think he would be fired even if he did that. So, like, that's why it's like, what did he do? Or maybe it's related to, like, I don't know. This might be really dark. But maybe it's related to, like, children abuse. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to put that out there. Yeah, I don't. don't, Yeah. But I do want to say, and I've seen this on Twitter, but, like, whatever happened regarding this incident, whoever was, like, whoever was um, hurt in the situation definitely hope they're doing okay. And, like, you know, never want to make, like, a joke in in their expense or anything like that. Like, I hope the person or the situation, like, whoever was hurt in this is, is, get, like, getting the help that they need and hopefully um this will never happen to them again thank you yeah but it's so weird like the dallas stars were doing they were up and down um they kind of went on like a losing streak and then they went on a winning streak and then um they kind of just like evened out but um they did not want to fire him <laughs> they yeah didn't, you know they didn't want to fire him so it just makes what he did like us us not knowing even more like need to know because what was going on it had to have been really like really bad and really like indefensible yeah because like, like literally they people have been saying the stars had no choice but to fire him yeah or like the case against Montgomery was so air- airtight. Like, it, yeah. like, they had to. Apparently, um, Jim Neal found out about it on Sunday. And then they started, I guess, the investigation. And then, what was the 10th? Was a Tuesday, I think? What was, was the 10th? 10th? I think. It was a Tuesday. Was and he Tuesday? was fired on a Tuesday. So, very wild. That's crazy. It is. Montgomery was not the only coach fired. Peter DeBoer um, was fired from the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Apparently, actually, the whole coaching staff, except for one person who is now their head coach, um, was fired. Bob Buchner. This was, and this was stated multiple times, this was purely hockey-related decision. This has nothing to do with Peter DeBoer and his off-ice this is all about like how the Sharks are doing. The Sharks are 16, 17, and 2 and have lost um, five in a row before firing DeBoer. And then they won against Vancouver. Um, the biggest story out of San Jose has been that the goaltending is not where it needs to be. And maybe that is one of the reasons or that is the reason why DeBoer was fired. Martin Jones, uh, his record is 12-12-1 with an 8.91 save percentage. And Aaron Dell, his record is 9-4-4 with an 8.98 save percentage. So both of them not doing great. What are your thoughts, Christy? Do you think this is, like, because of goaltending? Do you think what's going on? I mean, I think... If their goaltending doesn't get better, it doesn't matter who is their coach. Um, but I also think that because, like, all of his assistants were fired as well, that maybe he just didn't have the room anymore. And maybe, um, uh, who is their GM? Their GM just didn't believe in whatever system that they were putting out and maybe the GM believes that the goaltenders shouldn't be this bad and it's the coaching in front of the goaltenders that are that's terrible but the goaltending has not been great um they did win but that normally happens after firing your coach and there's like a new a new regime yeah we'll see if they can keep it up Um, I just, it, I think that goaltending definitely was a main factor, but I think this is just the GM trying to save his ass because, okay, you look at the the, the Sharks, just last year, they made it two rounds in the playoffs, and then you, you fire the coach the next season, Um I don't know, that to me seems a little fishy, their defense is not as good as historically it has been because last year 
Martin Jones specifically, but I don't think Aaron Dell was particularly good last season. It's just that now the goals are going in and this team can't outscore like they're bad goaltending. Um, they like, okay. So on defense, like they lost, um, Justin Braun, who is like, not like, I'm not saying Justin Braun is like an amazing defenseman, but he he is, is. but he is pretty good defensively. Like he's not an offensive defenseman. He's, but he is pretty good defensively. I've seen people say that Brett Burns and yes, Mark Edward Vlasic have not been, uh, yeah, Mark Edward Black hasn't been as good as they needed them to be. And, you know, Carlson is definitely getting it done, but they don't, I don't know if they think he's as good as they want, needed him to be this year to like kind of make up for the fact that the rest of the, the defensive core isn't as good. So I think there's a lot of different um, reasons why this team isn't as good as they were last year. And I don't think this is all on the coach. Um,. Okay, do you think the fact that they do not have their first-round pick this year also was like, we need to get into the playoffs, we cannot let Ottawa have, like, a lottery pick? Because that's who they gave their pick to, and, like, they have been bad. So do you think it was kind of like a desperation move to push themselves into the playoffs? Um, I could see that. I don't know if it specifically stems for the lottery pick, but, because, like, is it... Is it protected? I think it is. Because if it's lottery protected, then that doesn't really matter. I mean, if they make the playoffs or not, like, they'll get their first. If they don't make it, they'll get their first round pick back. But if they do make it, then it's not going to be, like, in the top, you know, 10 or whatever. But I just think that, I think this is a desperation move because, like, the fans won a cup. And, you know, like, I'm sure this the players want one, too. And, and the ownership is going to be like, what is going on to the GM if they can't get over that hump? So I think it is a desperation move. I wouldn't say it's for their their first round pick. I would say it's me personally. Uh, I think it's just the GM is scared that he's going to lose his job. Okay, I can see that. Um, but they're they're not like in a good position like they've signed a lot of people for a lot of (laughs) aging people for a very long time (laughs) um and it's not great martin jones has one two three four more years at 5.75 uh so okay real quick if you if you bought him out what would that look like okay so if the Sharks bought out Martin, they'd finish buying him out in 2020, 2027, 2028. I, 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 I don't know how to fix this team, but I, all I know is I don't think it's the coach's fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, do you also think that like getting rid of, not getting rid of, choosing not to resign Pavelski probably had a bigger impact than they were anticipating? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, let's see how many points Timo Meyer has right now. Because in my mind, Myers was the Pavelski. So that's where that money went. And currently in th- 35 games, he has 22 points. Which is not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. He's in minus nine, though. I mean, plus minus. It's a, it's a tricky stat. Everyone has yeah, to be minus on this team. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I don't don't think so. I just don't think they're getting a ton of scoring from people that they need to get scoring from. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But okay, but why is the goaltending so bad? Like the defense is bad. Well, the the goaltending is bad because the yeah. But the defense is playing. It's two years in a row they've been bad. Well, you can't win everything. I know, but... All right. <laughs> Are we ready to move on from the, the Sharks? <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Okay. Hopefully before we post this, there will be no other coach firings. Why would you say that? And now I'm like, sorry. Not I, just, I just want to preface it. Like, if there is, like, we tried, okay? Okay. Yeah. 
So real quick, <laughs> this is like wasn't a big news like in hockey, but the, I just saw this and was like, what is going on? So December 12th, um, a Montreal hockey reporter tweeted out that the Canadians are denying info that some players were spied on via their personal phones. And I'm just like, of course this would happen in Montreal. Like, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And he tweets out, he tweeted out after, to be clear, there was a report earlier this week that some Habs players' phones were hacked and they were being spied on by a person uh, for years. And that person was arrested yesterday. Uh, he's not related to the team for those asking. <laughs> uh, that is just so strange. Okay, but how would the Canadians know if their phones were being spied on? Because I think they were, some of them, some players said that they were hacked. Oh. I, this was just so, I feel like this should have been a bigger story than it was. I think I felt <laughs> like, like, I felt like too, one tweet. I was like one tweet and I was just like, wait, what? I think it and was never again. <laughs> it, it could have been yours. It was so weird, but like I'm not surprised that Montreal would be a shit show. Like if they are spying on their, their players, like I wouldn't be surprised. What a week for hockey, huh? I'm telling you, like I'm exhausted. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just like what else? Like, what else is there? Knock on wood so, like, nothing crazy happens. <laughs> All right. Like, so, please. it is that point in the podcast where we can talk about the penguins. Oh. I like them. So, okay. I thought this was hilarious. So, the penguins have their yearly, like, foundation basket raffles. But And that wasn't the funny part. The funny part to me was that the two players that get the most shit on Twitter, their baskets were incredible. Like, literally <laughs> incredible. <laughs> so, hey, okay. Jack Johnson's, um, like, his basket had the, high, like, the last time I checked, had the highest bidding over Sid's basket, which normally, notoriously, always is the most bid on because it's Sid. So this is what was in his basket, Jack Johnson's. It said, say goodbye to Jack Frost because Jack Johnson is taking you to the beach. (laughs) Fort Lauderdale, Florida is one of um, Jack's favorite family vacation spots. So he wants you to join the Penguins in sunny Florida this season when they take on the Panthers. When you bid on his basket, you get to choose your own two game seats at the Penguins first Florida game on February 8th. And, with $500 in Ticketmaster gift cards. Book your own flight with $500 Southwest Airline gift card. Book your stay right on the beach at Fort Lauderdale's Marriott Harbor Beach Resort and Spa with a $1,000 um, Marriott gift card. Um, you get one Penguin's Cup insulated cooler tote, two Penguin's Beach towels, one inflammable Penguin's pool float, um, two penguins can coolies and one signed Jack Johnson jersey. That's not bad. Do you think? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Conspiracy theory time. Do you think he made his basket so good so that people would bid on it? Because I feel like otherwise people wouldn't have bid on okay, it. Conspiracy theory. Do you think that he actually made that basket? Or, or do you or think that the, the PR people? Yeah, I I think this is the like the PR people put this in there because when you listen to the Penguins, um, when you listen to the Penguins online, like I mean on the radio, they like they offer like this same package. They're like vote today or like get in today, and you can get a free trip to Florida or free trip to whatever game, and you get like gift cards to buy your airfare your hotel stay, like, some of your meals are covered, and you get to go to a Penguins game, like, an away game. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've heard this before. And if you're telling me that Jen put this in his little basket so that he would get bids, like, I'm calling the police. Jen, we're on to you. That's how I feel. I mean, but then, imagine, like, (laughs) I thought... I thought he, I didn't know what was in his basket, but I thought he was getting a lot of bids because, like, 
I wouldn't bid on Sid's, obviously, because, like, everyone's going to bid on his, and it's going to be, like, the highest one. So I would go for, like, a lower-tier player, like Jack Johnson or Dominic would Simone. Would Jack Johnson's? Uh... I wouldn't, but, like, I don't know, to win, it gives me, like, a higher chance to win, to, to like, bid on his and Simone's rather than Sid's, because obviously yeah. Sid's going to be, I like, mean, that makes sense, but I'm, but also, like, would you be happy with Jack Johnson signed stuff? I mean, but, like, I could probably sell the jersey and, like, get all but the cool stuff, would, like, the flow and the coolie. You want the coolie? Like, the coolie costs $5. Like, I'm pretty but sure I get you can... two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure two cost $5. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let's go with Simone's, right? So mm-hmm. this is with Simone's. A signed Penguin's hat, a bag of M&M's, some <laughs> Ferraro Collective chocolates, Mm. Pinot Noir wine, casino mm. DVDs, playing cards, and oh wait, two tickets to the Night of Assist Charity Gala on February twelfth. The value of those two tickets, a thousand dollars. They okay. are putting this in their baskets. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the Simone one. <laughs> <laughs> But like the night of assists is like a really big like gala for them. I would I've always yeah. wanted to go, but I don't want to pay five hundred dollars for that. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you can play not. with Gino. Like you can. But, but like everything else in his basket, it's like awful. he, That's he did thing. that. Yeah. That, well, yeah. I think that if the the wives and girlfriends do the baskets, but if they don't have wives or girlfriends, they do their own baskets, and like you can tell who like does Do-do. their own baskets. Like a bag of M&M's Like I'm sorry I have a dollar I can buy it myself Like what Oh my but it's sweet though Like casino DVD Like what does that even mean (laughs) Yeah like who who am I watching On this DVD Maybe it's like from the night of assist Maybe You can watch that while you're eating your M&M's And drinking wine the wine better not be like five dollar wine that I can get myself. Like, yeah, it's probably it so. might be. I mean, I guess the penguin hat is nice. Not even a jersey. No, so. it's just a side hat. But then you also get the two tickets, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That makes it worth it. So yeah. Um. So like, did you see everyone? Like who? Okay, so you told us a little bit about like what your how you would like strategize for it like if you did bid on these like who would you bid for like l- legit simon or simone's or or jack johnson's um i did not see everyone's like basket and what they put in it but based on what i think the people's personalities are i would go um chris letang because he looks like he likes nice things and he would put nice things in my basket um brian dumoulin because he'd probably give me like a good wine or something Oh, yeah. Um, I think Matt Murray, he would have good stuff in his. Okay. Wait. Um, so for me, I think I would, so obviously I think I'd vote for Gino's just because like, I want like whatever I assign stuff I can get of Gino. Mm-hmm. His basket was not good. Like he had like a pretty shitty basket. That's fine. Like I love him. Um, he had like Russian chocolates, I think, or Russian candies in his. I was like, you're like get Aww. out of here i love him okay but i think the one that i would want the most is i think jared mccann's is really good he had like a ton of movies that he likes to watch um and then justin schultz had like a lot of like game night stuff like he likes to stay Aww. home and, like play game like board games and then i think brian dumoulin's was my favorite so i think mm-hmm. i would yeah all right let me see what's in here uh eight by ten dumoulin photo I would I would rock that. A signed penguin's hat. Two signed white yetis. Those are the coffee mugs? Yeah. And okay. I use that every day, so I would I would like that. Um signed penguin and paws calendar. A penguin's throw blanket and a signed penguin shirt. All things that I would use in my everyday life. Exact I thought that was very like realistic. Go to go to go to Jared McCann's. I thought he was really good. Like, oh my gosh, I need got really some money. Um, let's see. There he goes. 
uh, assign Jared McCann photo, sign, <laughs> <laughs> sign Jared McCann shirt, sign mini sticks, sign to puck, sign hat. Oh, license plate. That's cool. Gaming headphones, a penguin's blanket. I want, I want a penguin's blanket. A wonder, wonder boom speaker, a Jenga game. That's cool. Five crowns card game, skip bow card game. $25 Starbucks gift card. Yes. Space Jam movie. The Grinch movie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Longest Yard movie. And a Reese's Candy. Well, just the one. Reese's Candy. Um, yeah, that's it. Isn't that so... Like, he put a lot in his basket. He did put a lot in his basket. Oh, that's sweet. Wait, what's in Sid's basket? Oh, my gosh. And obviously, Sid's- he got the most... Sid's oh no! Annoying. Latang got the most. Really? Mhm. Um, Latang got a hundred bids. Two, okay. Two forty-seven brand penguins hat, designed by Chris and yeah. signed by Chris. Mhm. One forty-seven brand penguins beanie, also designed by Chris. One Chris Latang signed jersey. One Godiva chocolate chocolates. Bodum's French Press and Tim Horan's Coffee. You see, I knew he would have nice stuff in his. He has, like, like, he's so, like, a French Press. Like, come on. You don't need that. He's, he's French. Well, he's he's Canadian. Um, Penguins, I mean, Sid's is not that bad either. Like, the it's sign, I mean, the, the Nova Scotia sign? Like, enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're just adding stuff to that. Okay, but like a signed jersey. Okay, but like he needs to have a signed fire jersey. stick. He gives you a fire stick. Okay, those a, are like twenty five dollars. A fifty dollar Amazon gift card, perfect for me. And he's not sexist. He has a women's penguins hat, a men's wink, a men's winter hat. I don't know if it's penguin, but it's a winter hat. Um, maple cookies, Theo chocolate, which is probably his favorite. The home of Sidney Crosby sign. Oh, <laughs> like, and, and a mug. A Coal Harbor Heritage Farm Museum mug. His favorite museum. No, I don't, like, that's too much. I don't want a museum <laughs> mug, okay? <laughs> oh, it's my just, God. like, enough. Like, he he makes oh, me man. smile, but, like, I don't know if that's a good he's thing. So, he's so nerdy. Like, he's a nerd. I love it, though. I, like, I don't know if I love it. I go back and forth. So, to keep it with the Sid uh, and the Penguins, uh, it came out earlier or recently this past week that Sid donated full sets of hockey equipment to 87 Nova Scotians. Um, and this is from the Cape Breton Post. It says the Penguins captain and his corporate partner identified three programs in communities where hockey is underrepresented and made the announcement in a surprise video present- presentation. The three communities where the Nova Scotia, okay, sorry, the Hockey Nova Scotia Black Youth Ice Hockey Program, the Hockey Nova Scotia Indigenous Female Hockey Academy, and the Hockey Nova Scotians New Canadians Hockey Program. Uh, And Sid was quoted saying, I wanted to be sure they had the best experience learning the game. Having the right equipment is the first step to getting started. Um, I think that's that's pretty cool. Um, good for Sid. I, I, you know, hockey players make money, and it's nice to see them give back to people in their communities. Yeah, and it's just it's very like I'm not sure if he did this on purpose, but it's very like perfectly timed. It's like he doesn't have to say anything; he can just do do stuff. Which I appreciate. Yeah. See, I kind of have opinions on that. <laughs> and I don't know if I was going to say it. I just think that it's like... It. I just think that people take it... Can't just take this for face value. They always want more. And I feel like it's very annoying. Because you'll get some people on one side... That are like, this is amazing. Can you believe it? Like, he did this because he is a supporter of the racial, like, inequality in hockey. And it's like, 
did he say that though? Like, don't put like, don't put him in this bubble because like we really don't know what his intentions are. I think just in pure face value, his intentions were to give hockey equipment to people that are learning to play the game, so they have a good experience playing the game because they have everything they need. But then you have other people on the other side that's like. That's all he did? Like, first of all, only 87 people? You need to give it to more people. You have a ton of money. Or or you'll see them like, oh, he gave this? Is is he making a political statement? It's better to actually say this than to do. Like, we, we need words. His words will reach more people or have more impact. And it's just like, the man can't even donate in peace without other people, like, trying to make this into something that's either really really good or really really bad and like I, it's just frustrating because it's like can it just be he donated hockey equipment to, to people who needed it like i don't know that's true but i mean I i'm living in a unrealistic world because life will never be just what it is face value people will always take whatever a person does <laughs> and fit it into their narrative, whether they want to make Sid into this super man for doing this, or they want to make him into the demon devil because he didn't do more. So, I don't know. It's damned if you do, and damned if you don't, Sid. It's by... <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. I don't know. I feel like people like to put their agenda on Sid a lot, so um, I'm gonna take this as like a positive thing that he's doing because I feel... Like, Sid is a very charitable person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the timing is really interesting. I will say that. And like they I say with movies. You. Like they say with movies, show, don't tell. So. Yeah, that's, I've never heard that before. But yeah, I can definitely see that. So, <laughs> the Penguins um, on ice have been somehow still... Yeah. I wouldn't say good. I wouldn't say good. I just say somehow they're still winning some games. So this past week, the um, Malkin has been sick. And it's he's been sick enough that it has kept him from playing games. Earlier before we saw Jack Johnson out because he was had an illness. So hopefully it's not too bad for, for Malkin. And we can see him on the ice soon because the last two games... Um, not really like they weren't the the highest of competition but the next game the, the penguins face is calgary and then they face edmonton and vancouver and calgary is doing really good since they fired their coach edmonton is edmonton and i need them to win that game selfishly <laughs> <laughs> the two games that they played without malkin was columbus and they won uh 1-0 in overtime oh yeah and then uh, they played the Kings, and that was a 5-4 win in overtime, I believe. Or no, a shootout. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. In um, Rust, we trust. In Rust, we trust, man. Very, very true. There's kind of been this, like, yearly thing with the Penguins that there's some goalie controversy. Do you want to touch on that? Like, do you want to talk about it? Like, do we, should we? <laughs> I mean, Mike Sullivan says that, well, I don't know. Well, he has said that, like, oh, you know, there's not really a goalie controversy. It's good to have two goalies, blah, blah, blah. But one goalie has been significantly better than the other goalie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I Matthew. think... I don't think that this is as big of a deal as I think certain people are making it. But I do think that, you know, it's exhausting to still have this conversation every year. Yeah. Like, now we've finally reached a point, And this is my opinion, of course. But I feel like we've finally reached a point where both goalies are good people. And mm-hmm. it's okay to ro- root for both of them. And it's okay to, you know, see a guy who wasn't traditionally the Penguins starter do well and to root for him. And I think it's okay to, you know, hope that Matt gets his game back. 
as long as the Penguins are still winning, I really don't see what the biggest problem is. It's not like Matt makes $7 million. It's not like he's a terrible person because he's really not. Like The dude donates so much to the, the city of Pittsburgh. So I really don't see what the biggest problem is. I know his play isn't where we want it to be and where it needs to be, but Jari's filling in now, and I don't think that's a problem. I agree. Um, I think, I feel like the people that have the biggest problem with Matt Murray and the state of his play right now are the people that have been like, well, this is who we gave up Marc-Andre Fleury for, and now he's bad, so why did we do that? And Fleury's still good, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, you need to, you need to get, o- you need to get over it. Like, yeah. it's, it's been years now. Like, um, Fleury is fine in Vegas where he is, and he's doing what he's doing in Vegas, and Matt Murray is your goalie now, and I just don't understand why they kind of, like, why are you, like, actively rooting against one of your goalies? Like, aren't you exhausted hating him so much? Yeah. It has to be exhausting. I'm exhausted listening. (laughs) I'm exhausted seeing people, like, subtweet people that are talking about (laughs) it. I'm exhausted seeing it. I don't want to see it, but... Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I think it's, it's, and it's hard. I think it's hard because I think to myself, and I think, what would I do if Malkin was traded from this team? Like, everything that he did, they'd trade him away. That mm-hmm. would, that would fucking hurt me. Yeah. But I, but I wouldn't still watch. I don't think I would still watch the Penguins if I just, like, like, hated whoever took his place. And I, and, mm-hmm. and, like, it's also to the point where it's like, do you hate that? Per- like, why hate the player when you can hate the front office who did the move? They're the reason why he's gone, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm, I, I try to be not rational, but I try to be the type of person that's like, it's not the player's fault. It's the, it's the, like the coaches or the the GM's fault because they they did this. It's not like Matt had no control. Like, what did you want him to do? Play bad so the Penguins don't win a cup? So that you can be like, oh, well, I guess Flower has to stay here now. Like, what did you want him to do? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) like, the players literally don't ask for anything. They barely have control of anything. (laughs) Well, it's their fault. Like, according to fans, it's their fault. They did this. Yeah, I hope Matt does get out of whatever funk that he is in, um, yeah. because it makes me sad. Because I really do like Matt, and I like um, him as a goalie. Um, but I feel like he always has like these stretches where like his yeah. game is just not where it's at. Yeah. Um, I was just gonna say that like I'm glad that like even though Matt Murray is struggling, Tristan Jari is emerging because this is what he deserves. It is what he deserves, and I love seeing the the people who shot on Jari in the AHL, because um, I saw a lot of that. Um, they're kind of just like, oh no, what are we doing now? Because you're winning. So, yeah. Oh, I was also going to say, Jari's playing fantastic right now, and Matt isn't playing that much, but what if this helps out in April? Hopefully mm-hmm. the Penguins can keep a steady you know, keep afloat while the big guns are out and they see this team. I mean, they, they can, we see this team in April and we have arrested Matt Murray who is now invested and not like he's not invested now, but we see a Matt Murray that's like dialed in. Um, so who knows? I just think sometimes hockey is very toxic. Like we talked about in the earlier in this episode. So like stuff like this to me, doesn't seem like the end of the world but (laughs) to some people who may not be affected by issues in hockey and hockey culture this is the end all be all and it's just to me I just can't see it like that 
Um, can we talk about how people that um, Jim Rutherford, wow, wanted to trade are now like the backbone of this team, are um, i.e. Justin Jari and Brian Ross? You had a tweet earlier this week that said, Jim Rutherford works hard, but God works harder. And I think that wraps up my opinion on it. Like, it was by the grace that these boys are still on this team. I know. Like, we could have been with... Where would we be? Like, we have made fun of Brian Russ. Like, scoring ability. Like, the la- just the lack of scoring in his career. We've made fun of it numerous times. And when I say numerous, I'd probably be more than once or twice. Yeah. Whatever he did, it's working for him. It's work. It's working for him, it's working for me, and it's working for the Penguins. Yeah. I love it. Like, oh, I love Brian Ross. He just, yeah, he's getting it done. I'd love to see it. Um, I hope Malkin comes back so we can have that Rust Malkin Gensel line back. Was really feeling them. <laughs> um, thanks guys so much for listening to today's episode. Um, you can reach us at where's underscore my underscore stick. Send us all your questions, like topics to talk about. I know we're not that like engaging on Twitter, but we're gonna get better. We promise. It's our New Year's resolution. So yeah. Um, if we're not on any like podcasting site that you like to listen to uh let us know and we'll try to get on there as soon as possible but we're on spotify stitcher um itunes pretty much everywhere so yeah we will talk to you guys later bye bye